G'day everyone, I'm Smokescreen and welcome to a brand new concept. We're starting a podcast here today called The Trackside Lounge. We're going to be talking all things Gran Turismo racing and all things surrounding it. But first, couldn't have done it without Atom and Nismo. Two good mates there. How are we doing? Okay, well, I think we'll just start things off with how we're all feeling. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Gran Turismo 7 today, which is obviously a really interesting topic, releasing basically tomorrow. So we'll just grab some early thoughts and opinions from everyone uh, that we've got here today. We'll start off with Atom. How are you feeling, mate? Oh, yeah, it's a good place to be, mate. I'm excited. Um, this is my first ever podcast, and um, I'm, I'm real keen to hit the ground running with this one. Got a awesome topic to start us off and hopefully it's going to lead into more great stuff to follow on and who better to do it with than you guys so i'm happy to be oh, here Atom. <laughs> don't flatter me and nismo how yeah you yeah um yeah gt7 is the first gran turismo that i've actually uh i'm picking up day one um so this this is to, to be involved with the hype and the build-up and all the little bits and pieces that you get with with a with a day one release it's absolutely insane and i'm loving it it's going to be so cool i'm actually the same it's my first gran turismo in fact i think it might even be my first game i've ever uh pre-ordered so pretty exciting yeah i'm definitely uh interested to see how the release goes i tell you what it snuck up pretty quickly too i remember seeing sort of 50 days to go on twitter and now all of a sudden it's down to like two, three, or one. But before we get into it all today, I think we'll just cover quickly what I hope this podcast can become. We're going to be covering pretty much anything and everything that's related to sim racing. Uh, You know... you can cover anything, real-life topics, in-game topics. Uh, we can cover things like Formula One, uh, supercars. There's plenty of real-life stuff we can cover there. The crossover between gaming and real life, um, that, that can all be uh, covered here too. As far as the frequency goes, um, it'll basically just be as we come up with a topic, basically. I don't want to take on too much. I'll see what the editing workload is like. I don't want to sort of take on a project every single week that's going to take five, six hours to edit. So especially with my already limited uh, time available. But we'll see how we go. I think we can aim for a month, uh, every, every few weeks or every month. We'll see how we go from there. But obviously, as for Gran Turismo 7, she releases tomorrow, so I think we'll grab some preliminary thoughts and feelings from Atom. Well, I'll be honest, the hype's kind of faded a little bit up until today, and now I'm like, oh, it's, it's coming tomorrow. Um, but I've been excited for it since it was first announced. Um, and I've kept a very close eye on all the, the stuff that came out for it. So the advertising, the trailers, the state of play, uh, all the little, the little videos they put on like Twitter that had like the squiggly lines that actually formed a track map. Uh, I thought those were really cool, but I was, yeah, I was following all of that, keeping an eye on it. And then... Yeah, the last like week or so, the hype kind of faded a bit for me. But today, I've seen Super GT's just put out a video this morning uh, at the time of recording, and he's done a review of the game. The game looks awesome. I'm super excited, and I cannot wait to get into it at midnight tonight. Um, as far as new content and stuff uh, that I'm hoping for or expecting to see, it looks like there's a lot of really good changes um, that have come along for Gran Turismo 7 that have reflected what the community's kind of responded with for Gran Turismo Sport. It is looking a bit like they've basically taken Gran Turismo Sport, updated the physics, added some tracks, and added a fully-fledged campaign. 
Um, but we'll see where it goes and um, when I, when we first get into it, I suppose. We're less than 12 hours away here in New Zealand from um, getting into it for the first time, so pretty uh, pretty keen to get cracking on it for sure. And you're, you're streaming it. You're streaming it, if I'm not mistaken, aren't you, from midnight? I am. So midnight launch tonight, which is like 10 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight and 9 p.m. Standard. Uh, so, like, New Zealand's the first in the world to get it. Obviously, the reviewers and, and other people of, of kind of higher status than me have already played it and reviewed it and are putting content out, as well as people who live in America and shop with Amazon, uh, oh. because Amazon decided to um, to distribute their copies early for some reason. Apparently, it's not the first time as well, but um, a few people got their copies early and a couple of um, people who did receive those copies actually broadcasted it ahead of time as well so i will no longer be the first person to stream it in the world but i will be one of the first and i'll definitely be the first legitimate non-reviewer non-create well i'm not creator but a non-reviewer non-official um representative of gran turismo to stream it so i'm pretty hyped for it yeah for yeah, sure and um, yeah and you'll be one of the first to have full full game access you'll be able to delve into Multi multiplayer online play, which I think was pretty limited for those who actually got the game early from Amazon. So that yeah. that'll be unique. You'll definitely have yeah, yeah. a good few people. Yeah, the um the online has been. It looks like it's hidden away until you unlock it yeah. a little bit, uh, based on what I've seen. Um, but yeah, it's it's very very exciting for sure. Mm. Definitely, um, online would have been pretty limited if the only people you could play with were the people that ordered it off Amazon. So. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think maybe we can talk about that a little. Like getting getting a game early from Amazon in this case, yeah, Gran Turismo Seven, obviously. Do you reckon it's fair that some of those content creators sort of got their streams and and videos sort of taken down or claimed for whatever reason? You know, do you, do you think that's fair? I personally, I don't think it is, but I'll be I, keen yeah, to your opinions. I kind of agree with you that it's not fair to take them down. Mm. I think they were within their rights to remove it under a strike because the game technically remains the property of Polyphony Digital, I would imagine, at this point. Uh, and they have actually locked um, people, like from what I've seen, they've locked people who have already received the game but aren't reviewers out of the game. So mm. if you got your Amazon copy a week ago, and it, right now the game still hasn't technically released... You can't play it right now. If you even if you have the physical copy, you are locked out. So they've they've counteracted that, and I think that's the right thing to do. Um, I don't. I think it's a bit of a grey area when it comes to taking down the streams and things like that. Uh, but the the fact that they have now shut down the game for anyone until release was kind of the best thing they could do. They couldn't yeah. really retract anything. A couple of creators have seriously benefited from that. Like I think a couple of guys went up by like four or five hundred followers on twitch those who were streaming it there was one guy who kind of um got away with it a little bit longer than the rest and he was very successful with it uh, mm. but you know and more power to them like it's not their fault they received the game early i feel like if yeah. you're kind of in a yeah. moral uh do you or can you you probably shouldn't stream it if you receive it early because you know that the game's not out yet but they're not bound by an embargo and again it's not their fault they received it so yeah yeah again it is as you just said it's not their fault they haven't done anything malicious or you know there, there was no corruption or anything that that got the game into their hands any sooner than they had had ordered um but but like you said adam um it does remain the property of of polyphony and 
you know, it, it's unfair for the rest of the people who don't have a... So like you said, there's sort of points for and against both sides. So yeah. it is definitely a, a very, very grey area. So like all things, there'll be people that have one opinion and people that have the other. But I guess the way they've done it at the moment is pretty much the, the one of yeah. the better ways they could have gone about it. Let's put it that way. I think that's all they really could have done without risking anything, any sort of backlash. Like, um, you know, the damage, the damage is done. It's not major damage. It's not a massive deal. They can't reprimand the people who did it because there's no real grounds for them to do it, but they've done everything mm. they can to make sure the game release goes ahead as planned. Paz um, will certainly you know. be having a few words with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how much. Um, how much uh, weight Gaz has compared to Jeff Bezos. Oh, no, they, they definitely need Translator Sand to help that one out. Ooh, yep. yep. I think Jeff Bezos probably like. No offense to Kaz. Kaz is great, and he's he's built a great empire. But if it came to a to a one v one argument between Kaz and Jeff, Jeff would probably turn around and walk away and say, "Just don't sell your stuff on our platform." Yeah, I think that's that's sort of where I was going to go with it. I think the problem probably lies more with Amazon to be honest, than the people that actually receive the game early. Um, but yeah, no, it's not um, not their fault they got the game early, of course, but the the moral question, of course, is there, do you stream it? But, well, I say, uh, yeah, there's, there's probably like a, there's probably immense difficulty in coordinating delivery of a pre-ordered product on the day of release yeah. while loading up the trucks with the product ahead of time so that you have it ready so there's no hiccups on the day. Because if you pre-order GT7 on Amazon, and release day comes around and you don't receive your copy, you're going to be fuming. Yeah, mm. right. yeah absolutely. They have to load the truck up early uh, to get that those deliveries prepared and ready to go and have that dispatch sorted for the one day. But And and I can see why the mistake would then happen that they just get delivered early. They load it onto a truck and the, dr the truck driver doesn't realize that that truck is to be delayed for a week. He's just going to yeah, deliver wouldn't it. Even, it wouldn't even, be, um, wouldn't even be the truck driver's problem. It'd be... This is your truck for today, mate. Off you go. Go yeah. and deliver that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wonder I if anyone got in trouble for doing it. Like, at, at, <laughs> I wonder if there was any internal, like, oh, this is on you. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find the blame. See, I'm the same because my so my copy of GT7 got pre-ordered back in September yeah. with EB Games, and they didn't even take my money until like yesterday or the day before. So I would oh, like right, to think, okay. I would like to think that I'll be getting my copy tomorrow, but. Yeah, like like you say, Atom. If it's if it's much later than release date, people get very agitated very fast. So mm, yeah. especially with especially with a game that has such a hype and such a following, like it's one of Gran Turismo's like one of PlayStation's like biggest franchises. So yeah, it's a console seller big time, and and, yeah. and that's that's exactly right about getting your product out on time. Um, you you want it on day one because you pre-ordered it, and it's again going back to that difficulty thing with with regards to getting it on the day but no earlier and no later mm. like there's major it's, problems it's with the shipping difficult. industry the shipping the industry at the moment has so many problems already just because yeah. of covid like everything yeah. is delayed there's so, there's more too uh, i don't know if anyone watching has heard about like the flooding in queensland that's yeah, where i am mm. i'm sort of right in the heart of it there's flooding in my suburb or there was it's gone down since but some parts of my city are still completely cordoned off by flood water it's impacting everything like supermarkets have no food you know uh, staff members can't get to work because yep. the roads are closed i'd imagine that would be impacting sort of shipping and logistics immensely mm. and uh, honestly I, I was 
watching all the flooding going on in the news, and it did cross my mind. I was like, "Is my is my game going to be ready?" Because it may yeah, very yeah. well not be. But you're going to arrive. Think, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, I, I would like to think. I would like to think that my retailer has sort of had the game for a little while. You know, <laughs> making sure they're ready to pick. To, yeah, well, if, know, if for... Amazon delivered them a week ago, then they would have had yeah. them for up to a week prior. So yeah. I, yeah. I imagine the, the copies were all distributed to their retailers well and truly on time. Yeah. Um, but then, it, yeah, it's a question of then getting it logistically to the addresses of all the customers. And if you live in a flooded area, you're not receiving your, no, your grand exactly. business heaven. Sorry, yeah. the courier will not make it to your door. Yeah, no, you can't even go to the shop and buy bloody apples yeah, like yeah, yeah. Turismo. <laughs> and the problem with like physical like so my pre-order was supposed to be i came and picked it up from eb games but yeah. because of because of the covid situation in september obviously we were only just hearing the word omicron for the first time um it has to be couriered to me and nothing i could like i can't even ring them up and say hey look can i just come pick it up and it, that isn't a thing but the problem with a physical game is that you get it that's great it's in your hand you're going to be downloading and updating for the next 12 or so hours yeah, anyway. yeah. so getting it release day doesn't necessarily mean you'll be playing at release day and that's that's a very big i think right you know i think the ultimate solution here is maybe on the console or you know the game servers you know wherever you play the game is locked out until midnight on release day or 1201 whatever it is on release day but yeah then the actually receiving the game in your hands is not necessarily bound by a date so you can receive the disc early like that can probably even go for pre-orders you can pick up your pre-order a couple of days before put the they disc in but out. then yeah. but then it, it's locked out like it may, mm. maybe like, it lets you load into done. the game yeah yeah may, mm. maybe um it lets you load the game up on the console as nismo said it can probably take 12, 12 hours maybe and it probably yeah, yeah. probably will 110 gigabytes it's massive it's a, it's a big um, and there's already yeah. a big day one patch out apparently absolutely yeah, it has so been patched, yeah yeah well yeah. there you go it's going to be a long time so i think the ultimate solution would be uh give customers the opportunity to get actually get the games in their hand early but actually lock out the, the game play until 12.01am yeah. mm -hmm. on release day. That way you can carry out the software yeah. side of things ahead of time, just like if you bought a digital copy. Like, I've had yeah, this exactly. downloaded for a week. Yeah. Yeah, it should, it should be exactly like a digital copy. You you, yeah. you put the disc in or whatever you... I just realised I don't have a disc PS5. Oh, hang on a minute. That's a bit awkward. What? <laughs> oh, mate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh... Oh, no, he gave me a no. heart attack. No, the, do you not know the pre-order, Adam? The pre-order is a, a code for PS5. Oh. The, the disc for PS5 and the code for PS4, and you can literally just download the... It's, it's all good. It's sorted. Like, <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Oh, Adam dear. for a second. Got him. You had us yeah. both for a second. No, no, no. Look, I can show you. I can show you the disc slot on my PS5 if you want. It's okay. It's okay. Did, you we the, believe the, um, did you get the hard case? For I did get the steel book. I did get the steel book. So that's one thing that I, I I'm sad that I don't get. That's I'm the one actually, thing I want. So going going a little off topic here, Gran Turismo Six it's is okay. actually the only Gran Turismo game that I don't have a physical copy of. Everything else, I've got one, two, three, five prologue. You know, I've got all the other ones except for Six. Oh, I have go. the um, GT Sports Steelbook, as you can see. 
Hey, oh, hello. <laughs> but I'm actually bidding on a GT6, uh, on a copy of GT6 Steelbook on Trade Me at the moment. And um, wow. I think it's up to like, what, 20 bucks? So, you know, might just have to spend the big bucks and that'd be cool. Yeah, you get the whole collection. Yeah, I was stoked with the Steelbook when I first got GT Sport when it came out. Um, and I would like to get the Steelbook for gt7 but i i can't really justify buying the game twice and i had to prioritize mm. getting it for a midnight release yeah i was gonna i was considering buying the digital copy but because i was like oh yeah what is it like 70 bucks or whatever it's 140 bucks on the playstation store i was like yeah i just can't i'm not that rich you know like i'm not oh, getting went... i'm not getting that twitch money so unfortunately <laughs> I, I went the whole hog, 150 bucks, 25th anniversary steelbook, I think I got. I don't even know. Yeah, that's, that's the one that I'm getting. That's the yeah. one that I'm getting. Yeah, but it's physical. And oh, actually, that. going back to pre orders for GT7, uh, I haven't heard anyone talk yet about the bonus content you get with your pre order, which oh, nobody's true. got. Nobody's actually got it yet who's who's already gone into the game. None of the reviews will talk about it. None of the, the early access Amazon customers will. Um, have gone into it but you get a yaris with your nation's livery on it which i'm super hyped for yeah because i get a yaris with a black and white new zealand livery and that oh. is like i don't know if you saw matthew McEwen's new zealand livery on his x2019 yeah uh, but well, it was so good. good yeah and simon simon bishop as well he got yeah, one yeah. on the aston dbr9 dbr9 yes and even oh. even as recently recently as um McEwen with the roadsters at bathurst Roses yeah. and Ford GT as well. And Ford, and Ford GT, yeah, Ford, Ford GT Group Three, yeah, was in the race, wasn't he? yeah, yeah, he yeah. was too. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. No, he got two I, of the world I finals do. this year. Do you reckon? Okay, Smock, you're the you're the resident Australian. Hello. Do you reckon <clears throat> that the Nations Cup, the Australian Nations Cup car, should be green and yellow instead of blue? Oh, oh yeah, that's an okay. excellent question. I think. I think there should be some element on there. I think the current livery at the moment, it, it pays homage more to the, the flag of the nation, which I think makes mm. sense for what they're trying to do. But in terms of, like, the essence of Australia, like, you, th you think of Australia, you think of green and gold, obviously. I think that somewhere out there is a designer that can make the blue, the red, the green and the gold all look good on the car. And, like, even if oh. the green and the gold are just, like, accent colours or whatever, I definitely think there's more to add to that australia livery there because it's just it looks like a flag on the car at the moment which i yeah. guess is kind of similar to all the other nations but I, I don't know whether i don't know whether some other nations sort of have those alternative colors like to what green and gold is is to australia sort of thing yeah i'm i'm just as excited as you are to see a golden green aussie flag aussie livery on a on a car because and i'm not even australian but i yeah. want to see it um because like that's that's what you'd expect to see on a south african car as well because they have similar colors i think mm. as their their mains and i was going to say you, you've never seen a um a, uh what are you what do you call them the wallabies the the yeah. aussie rugby team wearing yeah. something that's not green or yellow yeah um those are the colors of the country same as black and white are the colors of new zealand exactly i think, yeah. um, I think chile is the only other country that I've seen with a livery on their Nations Cup car that doesn't specifically reflect their flag. Mm -hmm. mm. Chile is the only one, I think. And I think maybe Italy or Hungary might be the same as well. 
uh, one of them because they share the same three colors. Yeah. So they've yeah. got different liveries. Yeah. That's the same reason so, for why I think New Zealand got the black and white treatment is because New Zealand and Australia's cars would look exactly the same if it was just the flag. Yeah, it would, it would only serve to, like, confuse us even more than already. Yeah. So you didn't actually answer my question, Smike. Would you prefer the blue and red or the green and yellow? I, I don't think I would prefer a green and yellow as a whole car, as a complete replacement. I would definitely... I'm sort of giving you a non-answer here. I would definitely just <laughs> prefer to sort of see maybe a mix of the current livery with some green and gold aspects on there. I think because mm. I, I think it's possible to make it look good. You just got to make sure to tastefully add those different colours. Make sure they don't clash. You'd make a good politician with that answer. I was going to say, he's, he's, he's <laughs> a politician answer. I love it. Love it. Um, so back to the other uh, pre-order. Uh, st- uh, forget with the pre-order bonus bonus content. Yeah, uh, you get the RX Vision Shadow Edition, which oh. is something that yep. looks very cool to me. I, I give it about two weeks, and you're already going to see replica liveries anyway. So that's a bit, yeah. of, a non, it's a bit of a non-thing, really. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose. Special, but... special liveries, especially with a livery editor as as accessible and yet like awesome as Gran Turismo's, you, you can't really do special liveries anymore because people are just going to make, you know, people yeah. that don't have that content are just going to do a livery on the regular car anyway. I got same, a... with the, same with the Nations Yaris. Yeah, it's the same with the Olympic Super as well. Like I've, oh, I've, yeah. I've got an Olympic livery on my second account on the Super Group Three, and I, mm. I, I didn't earn that. I just found it and put it on the car, and it looks like I competed in the Olympics now. Yeah, it's got well, a Japanese, remember, got a Japanese flag on the bonnet, but you remember when um, the Toyota Supra Group Four was given to those people that did the survey? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that. I'm I never got that. Yeah. Yeah. I got it, Adam. Yeah, Take I wasn't that, playing mate. at the time. I wasn't even playing. Literally, I think it was like the next week you saw the same livery, but it was on the regular Supra. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't take long. It does no, not take long. People are always going to make those sorts of liveries. Yeah. Like that. Um, All right. Yeah, the, um, and I've, I've also noticed just quietly on that Group 4 Supra, that Group 4 Supra is in GT7, mm. along with think- other mileage exchange cars like the safety cars. I like that. I like. I do like that. I do like that the mileage exchange is, is extinct because really it was yeah. it was obsolete. Like after it was, the first, yeah, yeah. Within was, the year, it was already like everyone had everything. So because it, it's so easy. I mean, I think what was the main function of it to get like different wheels and colors and stuff for your living wheels and yeah, and, and yeah, unique yeah. vehicles too. For the yeah. first, yeah, for the first, I think it was two three months. It was obviously because the the road cars hadn't been like rotated yet through so it was a mm-hmm. new car every time oh my gosh it's the mustang oh my gosh it's the rcz you know it was cool but then yeah once everyone has and i think they only had like what six or seven colors per car so yeah. within a year everyone had like every car and every color so yeah you know and I, safety I, cars the safety cars were a nice touch like they sort of yeah. breathed a bit new life into it but even then that that got old pretty quick I'm sure it encouraged some uh, casual or more casual players to spend more time on the game to earn the mileage points to purchase some of those things. Like well, if you mean spend more time in the game, you mean just do more laps around Rotex because you see you see it all the time. All those lobbies, <laughs> just and I'll admit, I'm not I'm not dogging them. I have done that once or twice because I needed to like get mileage to to um, upgrade my twenty million dollar cars. But like, 
even right now, I'm sure if you fired up Gran Turismo right now, there would be at least four or five lobbies of people doing just 200 oh, yeah. laps decks. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. For so, sure. On the yeah, topic I, of... Oh, sorry, goes Mike. No, I was just going to say, I, I see the, the mileage exchange didn't really excite me. I like the cars in there, but sort of like you said, I'd often find I go in there and the cars that have rotated through, I already have them. And then the, your only alternative to spend the points on is paint colors and wheels. And I'm not a, I'm not a livery guy. It doesn't me interest me to sit there for hours and make a livery with all these special colors on it. So it was definitely definitely a bit obsolete for me. So I'm definitely I'm I'm not mad that we don't have that. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I wonder know. where they're gonna where they're gonna allow you to purchase colors from for your liveries now, or well, if they're just gonna be included. They have referenced so because they're transferring all the liveries across from GT Sport and all the all the designs, um, they have said that if you are downloading a design that has a different colour or like a special colour on it, um, you have to have the credits to buy it. So it's implying, I suppose, that you'll just buy paints outright. I think, like a, it, I, like think it's in, shop. I think it's going to be in the livery editor because I remember a, a, a shot in the state of play. It was like scrolling through... Uh, like a big list of colors. Like mm. I, I forget what the car was, but it was like a massive list of colors. It'd tell you the name of the color. And then also the manufacturer that oh, sort of yes. pioneered the color yes. and you have like all their manufacturer names. And like, that's where we saw carbon fiber as a, a paint option, obviously just the body, the body style there. But I think that's going to be in the livery editor rather than in a separate spot, like mileage exchange in the yeah. GT sport. They or should do maps. <laughs> yeah wraps carbon fiber wrap bro yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm not a livery guy so none of that interests me whatsoever i'll let the delivery let delivery I'm, blokes I'm, do I'm deliverying more of a livery guy but i'm sort of i'm not the yeah. you're not gonna I, see any like intricate anime designs nah. from me so. i love and respect all anime anime livery i love and respect that out mate all livery corrected, uh, creators. Correctors. Oh, my my words are all getting muddled up. <laughs> the, the livery creators who who are very good at what they do, um, I have massive respect for them. So, um, and because I could never do it, I'm just not yeah. artistic enough. I, I I'm not capable of doing what they do. So they're a huge part of the Gran Turismo community, and without them, the game would oh, not look anywhere yeah, near absolutely. as good as it does. Uh, and allow people to driving cars that look as good as they do. So I'm thankful that they exist and I hope to, to get a whole lot of awesome livery right. in Gran Turismo Here, 7. Here's an idea I've just thought of. How good would it be if you put, like if you find a livery on the Discover section or whatever, put it on your car, maybe then somewhere on the screen it can say like livery by and then the tag, the tag of the person that created the livery. I, I don't know where I don't know where they would put it, but I yeah, think it's um, good to have that on there somewhere. That's exactly what Forza doesn't Forza Horizon like already do that. I think if you, so. If you, if you buy I a car, so. if you buy a car, you can like download a livery and you can oh, yes. download a setup, yeah. and it already it tells you who who did what. So I think yeah. there needs to be that because as you know, I, I'm sure you've seen what I do. I grab a livery. I don't take note of who makes makes it. I just. You know, if it comes up in conversation when I'm doing my commentary or whatever, I'll say, oh, you know, I didn't make delivery. I just found it. But I, I always think when I'm saying that, I was like, I, I need to give credit to the people. They deserve actually, the credit. Yeah, to, they to, do. To actually, you know, show my appreciation for the person that made it. 
because at the at the moment there's no way you just put a livery on the car and it that's it deliveries on the car who made it I don't know some it's a very easy system for the person driving the car to just say they made delivery even though they didn't yeah there is quite a large community of livery creators who all support each other kind of deal like you yeah. see a lot of good liveries with comments all down the side of it this isn't on sport comments all down the side of it that say i nice work i liked and reposted yeah um and you know that's on almost every good livery that i've yeah. ever seen so there's a lot of people in in sport that build each other's liveries up so that credit does go around a little bit it's just mm. you and i perhaps don't um don't think about that when we do mm. it um i generally when i when I save a livery for use, because I don't really do that a lot anymore because I have team liveries. Um, but when I do, on my second account, for example, I always like the livery um, and then save it, but I should really repost it. So I yeah. might have a habit mm-hmm. to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting this cool livery out of it. I should show it to other people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, um, I think it's good. I'm the same. I don't repost, but I always like. I make sure to like, but I, I never repost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, so I'm, I think I, I'll start reposting. Yeah. Good guy, Adam. I recently <laughs> come across a guy on GT Sport who did liveries that were like group four or group three liveries, but put on the regular car. So like, for example, the, oh, Alpha, yeah. 4C, the Alpha 4C group four, but it's on the regular Alpha 4C. And it, like, it looks identical, but because wow. it doesn't have a spoiler and doesn't have a you know tow hook and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, and he did them for like the Aston and the Alpha and the Mitz. That's cool. Alpha. That's a he cool just, idea. He just basically did the whole roster, and I was like, dude, that has to be so much effort. So I'm pretty sure I reposted like more than a few of his designs because I was yeah. like, I was thoroughly impressed. And even to this day, if I'm like practicing for a race, like um, Alsace recently in the Road to GT7, I picked a Mazda, and I was like, oh, why isn't it letting me into the game? And it wasn't even the Group 4, it was the, like, N200. <laughs> like, he, yeah. he bamboozled me. He got me good. I think there's a, um, there's a decent side hustle in um, livery making as, like, a um, like a side job. I don't know if you guys know who Azabear is. Um, I've, I've heard of him. I've heard you talk about him. He's, prob- he's argued to be one of the best livery creators in the game, and I think he actually was signed up by PD to make the livery for the Red Bull beat the pros on the Honda NSX. Oh, I think he was responsible oh, yeah, for the yeah. livery. Yeah. So he, um, if you don't know anything about him, he does liveries for free um, if you ask him, but he also does for contracted work, I suppose it is, um, where he makes liveries for teams. Um, I think VQS, Vanquish Esports was one of them, uh, among others. I think Williams was one of the other ones too. Mm. Uh, and I believe the teams do pay him a small amount for liveries and that gives them priority over the the free ones because yeah. i got one off i got a couple of him actually uh on my supra and my 86 for the main season of last year he made them um and i didn't pay for them um they ended up taking a while because he had to prioritize the paid orders yeah. um and when yeah. i asked him about you know how much it would be um for a livery it sounds like generally across the board when you go to a good livery creator you're looking at five to ten dollars for a livery which is not much and that's no. not a lot of money for the work that goes into a livery. But if mm. you were to smash out a couple of liveries every week, you'd build up a little bit of money over over time to um to just like have that, you know, just yeah. as yeah. a side thing. So if people started charging, if the really good livery creators started charging money for for work like that, uh, they could potentially make a lot of money in Gran Turismo Seven because there's going to be a lot of players 
uh, coming oh, in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know, I I, um, that would be really cool if the livery, livery creators of the game started earning what they're worth, if you know what I mean. Mm. Mm. I go. I, I don't suppose you guys, well, I mean, you said it yourself, you guys aren't livery guys, but on some of the, like, Gran Turismo Facebook pages that I'm in and, like, you know, sort of around the place, there's been a bit of a idea that maybe livery, you know, so if you create a livery and if, you know, 100 people download it and use it or whatever, they reckon you should maybe get some sort of, like, in-game reward where you get, like, a, a credit. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Some sort, of, some sort of recognition that, hey, you've made a livery, it's a... Uh, Red Bull livery or Castrol livery, I don't know, something that's popular, you know, something that people like, obviously, and they're using it, um, then you should get some sort of, yeah, some sort of credit payout or maybe a bonus. I can't really say mileage points because the mileage exchange is going yeah. like you, you get the point. I some, know what you mean. Yeah, right, yeah. A lot of in-game credit. Recognition, yeah. yeah I totally yeah. agree. I think, that's, I think that's a good idea, actually. I do think on that, though, that for that to work, they need to improve the discover, the discovery... Uh -huh. Don't get me started. Uh, like, Don't get yeah. me started on I the discovery in GT Sport. We talked well, about about what we hope to see in Gran Turismo Seven a little bit before. We didn't really go yeah. into it, but well, if well, I'm going to well, name one thing that I think we should that they should change for Gran Turismo Seven, that's the discover tab. Like hear me you out need here. to be able to find stuff. Yes, I have no idea why they separate the. Uh, I look for liveries. That's what I do. Um, I've no idea why they separate it into different timestamps. Like, if if no yeah. deliveries were made within a specific time, it just shows you zero. Like, wh yeah. why? Can't it just show yeah. a list in uh, chronological order? It's mm. like, you don't go onto Facebook or whatever and see a load of blank screen where nobody posted content. You just see everyone's content, yeah. one after the other. You scroll. It's not like you go onto TikTok and you go, oh, look, no TikToks were posted by this creator for two days, so you're going to have two days' worth of empty empty screen. It doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. Nobody Does not make sense. Today. Sorry, go away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, here's a white screen. Like all things, I think we need to wait for GT7 to actually release because they might yeah. they might well have already done that. So we yes. have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Give it a few days, give it a week or whatever, yeah. and then complain, it's I the suppose. Exact, because... It's the exact kind of thing that I don't think reviewers are going to cover. No, like, no. It, it's definitely something that players have to find out in the coming days as to whether the Discover is just going to be chronological just all of them are there in the order from most recent to latest you can just scroll down endlessly oh is that, would, that be? would that be your solution uh smock would it be to just have one big long page of all the liveries ever made that oh, you just scroll through no no uh, it would still have like filters similar to the search feature we have but instead of just it being separated out into individual time windows, it would just be a list. Because mm. I, I don't know, I don't know about you. If I'm look, sometimes I look uh, for tags. So I might tag yeah. like um, I don't know Lewis Hamilton or whatever, or, or yeah LH44 or whatever to see if there are any really good Mercedes liveries. But you know people aren't making them all the time, so you might have three, four, five, six days of no content, and that is that equates to what three blank pages before you even find one and then someone mm. makes one you're just shown that one whereas it would be a lot better just to show all the liveries that have the tag in one list i think that would be it better would. and then you Absolutely. can and then you can narrow it down by car or whatever it should they should change these slots from being from this day to this day yeah being from number this to number this 
Like yes. it just shows fifty uh, show, liveries yes, on the page. Yes. Next yeah. page, next fifty liveries. Yeah. Not, and you should yeah. and you should also be able to pick like do you want to see the 50 latest liveries? Do you want to see the 50 you can sort, highest ranked liveries? It should, should yeah. give you some sort features, like your, your yeah. regular most, like a, most liked. search engine. It needs yes, to be like a search just a normal engine. search engine. And it needs some synonyms as well. So, like, if you're looking up F1, then it can assume that, you know, you're also maybe looking for Lewis Hamilton or maybe you're looking for Red Bull or, you know, like, it's that sort of like related searches thing because yeah. the current the current discovery system is very particular. So if you need if you're trying to look for a tag, you have to spell it, you have to format it the exact same way that it was posted. Otherwise, you're not going to get it. So yeah. definitely need some sort of like related. There's, search there's improvements it. improvements to be had there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, something else I wanted to cover. I don't know if you guys have seen this because this mm-hmm. is very, very recent. Uh, Gran Turismo and the Antisocial Social Club Olab. I did see a thumb t- uh, thumbnail uh, about that, but I didn't watch it. I saw, yeah, I saw a video on YouTube this morning. I just saw the thumbnail. I didn't watch it. Yeah. I didn't so realize Antisocial Social Club was still a thing. Yeah, neither, but so basically... I'm not that familiar with it, to be honest. This this particular video, it, it, you don't need to watch it. You're not missing much. All it is... Yeah is a reskinned Toyota Supra GT500. So the Castrol Supra reskinned with an antisocial social club livery. And it's basically just announcing, it says here, Gran Turismo and antisocial social club team up for a collaboration featuring real life and in-game items. Hmm. And I don't know if you guys remember Gran Turismo 5, but back in Gran Turismo 5, there was a Camaro there was there was a promotion they did with i think it was called edge it was like a shaving cream or something edge special or something and you could buy a, a can of the shaving cream and it came with a voucher code and you would get this, this special camaro <laughs> and it, it was a very unique very special like if someone's got got that car in their garage right now then like it's that rare um so I think that's pretty much just the same thing. It's going to be some sort of, yeah, hey, buy, buy a product and you'll get this nice... It's a nice livery too. It's a... It's a you see it there, but it's a pink one. Yeah, I saw the livery yeah. briefly. Um, yeah. I I also saw as part of their marketing as well, similar to the Antisocial Social Club thing that they've posted, they did a video with a couple of um, influential people, including Adam LZ mm. and Sun Kang, who plays Han in Fast and Furious. Um, yep. which I was stoked about. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, there wasn't really much to, to see in it. I think it was definitely geared towards the casuals as most of the marketing has been, but um, they're clearly going pretty hard on the marketing at this point. Yeah. Well, they have to I, be. They have to be. I saw that same thing that you were talking about, Atom, and the first thing that came to my mind is this is almost a real-life version of what they want the GT Cafe to be. It was like just people sitting down sharing their experiences or whatever it's it was like if the gt cafe and gt7 was a real thing that's what it would be which i I don't know i found that interesting i did find that a bit interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i I don't know i don't know what direction they're going to take with that like what is the point of it but i guess it's just a marketing thing because then all those content creators can then say hey look i'm on gt7 Mm. Mm. make sure you buy the game or whatever and they'd have immense followings all of those people yeah yeah it's it's definitely one of those and and the other thing is that i see a lot of people going oh it's too similar to gt sport it's too similar to gt sport and 
it is but see the problem what what, what everyone's forgetting is that gt sports not gran turismo nah it, it wasn't and if not for the pandemic we would have had gt7 like two years ago it was supposed to launch 2020 if you remember right wow so basically gt sport has been sort of like gt7 prologue in that it's a cut down sort of you know not bare bones but not a true gran turismo title with the with the, with the career and the progression and all that and yeah that's 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 pretty much it it's just yeah. easy to easy to I forget think... that we've we've had to deal with gt sport for two years more than we were going to thanks to the mm. pandemic and thanks I don't actually to the delays. Know that. I don't no, know that no, yeah, we were it was supposed to be twenty twenty. Um the only reason it got delayed, and I have a I have a reputable source on this one, the only reason it got delayed was because they obviously had to travel to scan tracks and cars and all that and Oh yeah, okay. At the at the start of the pandemic when like travel was just nuts like everyone was scared of corona everyone was scared because it was a new thing and rightly so i'm not poo-pooing you know the reactions but no no of course like that was why it got delayed so Mm -hmm. i believe it's for the better that gt7 is being released now oh it's gorgeous i think it's it's a better time very polished it's given them two years to to nail it down and i think they i think they have yeah have you seen the screenshots there's there's a is literally a thing of gt7 when it was shown in 2020 versus gt7 like when it was shown the other Ooh. day and it's it's night and day mate it's gorgeous yeah wow. oh well I, th- I think that's good i think they made the right choice there and going on what you're saying before nismo about like people forgetting that sport was not a real gran turismo i I definitely don't see too many similarities between Sport and Seven because I watched Super GT's review yesterday, and there seems to be a much bigger emphasis placed on the single player. Mm. There's a lot in single player, and I would start to argue there's more to do in single player than there is online because yeah. from what we've been given so far, the online looks pretty similar to what was in GT Sport already, just with way more single player content. My yeah. opinion on the current state of gt7 is it's they've created gt7 and it's got a dlc content of gt sport in there yeah like Mm. the the offline comes first that's what it's about it may use similar physics and look similar to gt sport but it is not gt sport you will be able to transfer over from gt sport to gt7 quite easily yeah but Mm. it's gt7 is a love letter to gt4 I, I firmly yeah. believe that yeah. that's what they've gone to emulate. GT4 is one of the most loved uh, installments in the Gran Turismo franchise. People loved it. Uh, it went platinum in like the first couple of days when the, when it first sold, and people still play it to this day. Uh, they still love it. Uh, and I think they've really tried to emulate the success they had with Gran Turismo 4 by creating the most similar game they can with Gran Turismo 7, just without, like, half the cars, I guess. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> only thing I'm, I'm disappointed about with Gran Turismo 7 in regards, in regards to that car list is I can't go into GT7 and save up money and buy my real-life car that I've got on, on, on my driveway. I can't buy my car because it's not in the game. They own, they don't have enough cars, but I believe they will come as well. 
I'm I'm still hanging out for a pulsar just quietly. As soon as they drop me that I can have all my yes. money. Um, I had a really good point there. Now I'm thinking about pulsars. God damn it! Um, Sorry, I kept interrupting <laughs> you. Are you were trying no, to speak okay, as well? Just, no, 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 no. It's all good. I just remembered. Um, so one of the other things too is like they've already confirmed, of course, that the entire car list from GT Sport is coming into GT Seven. I think there I think, were a couple missing. I think there were a couple of VGTs oh, not coming, but give or take. Give they're, or take. Mu- they're much uh, of a muchness, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think VGTs are going to come into it a bit more now that Group X and all the, the N-class groups are gone, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get back to that one. My, my point is, okay, so 99% of the cars are coming to GT7. Yeah. I don't think it's going to matter because the sheer amount of customization and tuning and mods that you can do to your cars, like... I'm still going to buy an 86 and see what I can do to it. I'm still going to buy a Supra and I'm still going to buy, a, you know, an R35 and all, you know, all those cars in sport that I have a bazillion of. But in GT7, you can actually, yeah, you can wide body them. You can give them sport. So it gives the yeah. entire car roster, like, still a, a, a fresh flavor, a fresh feel. It's so, still going to be a blast in that way. And I think yeah. part of the reason why the car list is so small compared to GT4 is that a game like this when it comes out is used by the car manufacturers that are featured in it to sell their vehicles which mm. means that we're realistically unless it's a classic we're only going to get relatively recent cars to use so that's why you're seeing you know post 2010 mostly vehicles like your honda fit and your suzuki swift and that sort of thing those are your starter cars you start off with a hatchback of some kind or so we've been told that's the sort of car you start off with whereas in gt4 which i said before it was as like this is gran turismo's love letter to gt4 um you started off with a 1990s hatchback a pulsar like you're saying um you couldn't buy a 2000s car um Mm. you had to buy from the used car market and buy 80s and 90s cars because that was when the game was released it was when those cars were still relatively new and that was like the 90s of course was a golden era for japanese vehicle manufacturing there was so many different sports models and makes and and trims released uh in that period of time so there was obviously so many different cars to choose from whereas now we see a couple of sports car a year. Um, like Toyota's been making waves obviously recently with the GR Yaris, the GR Supra, the GR86. But name me one other manufacturer uh, apart from say Mercedes or BMW who make you know, borderline supercars vehicles. Name one other company other than Toyota that's recently made a sports car that's you know, less than 100 grand or less than 200 grand. I think the Mustang's still pretty cheap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose the Mustang's probably Yeah, one. possibly. Um, I, think, I think the other thing, too, is when GT Sport launched, you got to remember, how big were those monthly updates? Like, we were getting, like, 10-plus yeah. cars a month. So... You I don't know, know but again, I wasn't playing at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is we, again, because of the pandemic and we've had to basically we've been stuck with gt sport for two years longer than than they intended so we i think we're going to launch we're going to enjoy the game and then we're going to remember just how spoiled we were with with, yeah. the, with the monthly updates and that's 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 easy to forget because again it's been two in years man like two years so 
yeah, it's going to be awesome just to see if they continue with that that sort of monthly support, or even you know every other month. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be like every you know where's my cars, but it would it yeah. would be awesome to see a current a current Gran Turismo game hitting the current support because they, they yeah, have said they're going to support it pretty well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think um I, I think with the frequency of those updates at the start of sport as well. Uh, overall, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is the car list doubled? Has the car list doubled in size? More since, than doubled. I more think. than doubled. Launched, yeah. Launched I think. Worth. Oh no, I got to. I got to fact check this. Well, while you check that fact, um, don't forget as well. When it comes to updates, we received an update with a new car on Gran Turismo Sport four and a half years into its life cycle. Yeah, like, it's been supported all the way. Through to the end. That's the GR86 only... I'm talking about that we yeah. got real late, real late on. Halfway through a... the main season of 2021. And it's only it's only natural that that support is going to drop off over time as well because they have to focus on the next one. If we continue to have early day support, like the support we got in the early life of Gran Turismo Sport all the way up until today, GT7 mm. just simply wouldn't be ready. I imagine okay, so they're going to get a whirlwind of support over yeah. the first year. There we go. So, Gran Turismo Sport launched with 168 cars and 29 tracks. There you go. Um, post-launch game updates up to the count of 324 cars. I think people. I think people forget that the the car mm. list has more than doubled, more than doubled uh, since um, since it released. Like that's an insane amount of support. And like, if I think the I think what kind of has put people into that mindset is that. You know, we, we, you get 10 cars per update, and it goes down to 9, goes down to 7, down to 5, 3, mm, 1. Mm. People are like, oh, we're not getting any cars. But over the course of the of the it's game... a lot of cars. That's a yeah, lot of yeah. cars, yeah. It's what just the frequency, me. I think. What bugs me about the people that complain like that? They say, oh, they're not giving us any cars anymore. It's like, you can't tell me that you've driven each and every single car <laughs> enough for all of them to become stable. Like, Yeah. yeah. You're not, you're not. Pe- I think... Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. People are always going to complain. It takes. I I, I think it takes a particularly reasonable person to like stand back, look at it objectively, and go, "Okay, well, the car list has doubled. That's a lot of cars. They're not going to make every single car that I like. They're going to make. They're going to try and appeal to the widest range of people they can. So, like a supercar guy getting a Honda Fit and an update." You know, they're not going to be happy with that, but no. so they're not really entitled to complain because there's also going to be cars that they get. They're going to get a supercar and an update that a hatchback guy is not going to like. So, you know, they're just appealing to everybody. People are always going to complain. And the other point I was going to make before is that uh, Nismo touched on it as well. We have four, what is it, 420? 420 cars in GT7 Something to like start that, with. Yeah. All of them are going to have, or I don't know if it's all, but I think we can safely assume most of them are going to have upgrades, wide body kits, parts to add to the car, mm. engine upgrades. There's going to be a lot to do on each of the cars. And with 420 of them, people are going to be kept very busy. People are going to be kept very busy. Sorry, you know the other thing that bugs me about the car list, well, just car lists in general, right? So when Gran Turismo, um, what was it, GT5 launched and on the cover it said over 1,000 cars. Mm-hmm. Over 1,000 cars, that's cool. Probably about... 800 or so of them were just directly ported from Gran Turismo 4. Yeah. So they were PS2 graphics. They were standard interiors. They were low poly. They were just, it was ridiculous. And 
people still use that as an argument piece like you see on twitter oh Gran turismo 5 had like a thousand cars it's so much better but like this is 420 odd like entirely rendered high you know, quality super like, premium yeah so with parts with, with parts, parts right? like, like you're saying with customization with wide yeah. bodies with you know all new tuning um and that that's coming from I, that that is coming from a person that is not overly excited by car customization in general mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i can still look at it and go that's a big feature a lot of people are interested in that it would be selfish of me to then complain about it just because I'm not interested in it. It's not yeah. a game for me. It's a game for everyone. Did we confirm if the DeLorean is in the game on that note? Oh, <laughs> hello, hello. Um, I, it's, I think it's going to be... Well, actually, I wanted to talk about this. They've split the the, t- the post-2001 cars into Brent Central and then the ones before 2001 somewhere else i think it's going to be the used car dealership i, was going to say, I think it's the mainly, used car yeah. dealership because the, the there, there might the be something one? else for like classic cars like the yeah classic yeah. Cars yeah. Or... what's it called the the, the cafe? museum yeah the museum. museum. yeah that's right yeah which is yeah. interesting because it's what is the definition of classic because if you remember the r32 skyline was seen in there and that's not exactly you know a vintage car it's it's a uh, i'm sure to the to the japanese audience and population it probably is um yeah, but it's certainly so going that we're way obviously we're obviously not going by age though we're obviously not going by like purely age because it'd be status too i reckon it'd yeah. be status but i think also they might be going by age because by definition if a vehicle is over 25 years old it is considered a classic so mm. And it, and the R thirty two GTR is over twenty five years old. Yeah. Well, the first the first edition I certainly would right, be. Yeah. I think the R thirty three is bordering on twenty five years old. So so it's getting to that point too. But that might be their cutoff twenty five years. Um. So that may be why we're seeing that in the museum. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly, but it's just yeah, like you say, three different dealerships for three different like distinct classes of of vehicle. It's it's going to be interesting and also the used car dealership is it going to be on rotation every day every week every race because again Gran Turismo 5 the daily the the used car dealership replenished every like race so you you do one race you come back and it's a new list so a race counted as a day didn't it yeah yeah Yeah. which makes sense you wouldn't do more than one race in one day but the thing is yeah well that's true but like because it's a because it's such a connected online focused game, you know, as much as there's a single player side, but it might be one of those ones where it's a daily rotation, you know, like a, a real daily rotation, not just at every race. So troll through the lot. Oh, can't find what you're looking for. Come back tomorrow. It might be there, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. The used car dealership and sort of how all of that's going to get implemented because like I said, because it's such an online focused game, we're probably, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for it to do a refresh like every race like it did in mm. previous entries. Um, I think maybe a daily or even a weekly. Weekly might be too far, but... but I reckon some daily. daily on a 24-hour cycle. Yeah, yeah, some sort of synchronized... I wonder if part list. of that is because um, back in the, the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 days, did they have... Um, the ability to operate the game on a timed life cycle? Like, was the game attached to a clock in any way? I 
don't think four no. was. No. How would they know when twenty four hours had passed if the game was incapable of that? They wouldn't. Yeah. So yeah. No. Perhaps that's the reason why. So obviously, with online, you would now have no trouble tracking a clock in game. Yeah. So yeah. you may be right. It may work out on an hourly or twelve hourly or twenty four hourly rotation. I think. I think, I think the think- best. The best way for me, I think, would be daily. Like you don't have the car you want come back tomorrow kind of thing mm. yeah it would certainly and again because Gran Turismo 6 had no used car dealership you could buy every car day one if you had the money um, and GT Sport was the same so mm. to be returning to a used car game mechanic I suppose you could call it yeah yeah and the used well, car dealership is such a cool feature to me I it love it I do cool. like yeah. it I do like it and it's it's That's... certainly like, See, I really hope they do those low mileage ones. Like, I think you, in um, Gran Turismo 4, you could be going through the used car dealership, and it was a rare a rare occurrence. There'd be a car that had, like, 10Ks on it, or, like, you know, very, like virtually zero miles on it. X-Demo, bro. Yeah, basically. Basically. But it would be, like, yeah, an Evo 3 or a, a yeah. Honda S2000 or something, you know, something really grouse with like no mileage so you didn't have to pay to have it you know engine overhauled and restored and all that sort of thing it was actually really cool all right see that's interesting that you both love the new the used car dealership function i'm a, not a massive fan i'll be honest Ooh, i'm not, a, not a huge fan okay <laughs> i'll start off with i understand why they're doing it with such a massive emphasis on car collecting it would be you know kind of one-sided if you could just go and buy all the cars in brand central or whatever that because then if you if you have loads of money you could just progress through collecting all the cars just by simply buying them so i understand why there's a used car dealership so you have to you know return back find a good mileage one if that's your thing but i i think i take a bit of a different approach i'm not massively fussed on the whole way to day you know your car might not be there i think I would prefer just to go, oh, this car's in the game, I'm just going to go and buy it, and then I can drive mm-hmm. that car. I've actually got to do some sort of progress or maybe wait a few days before I ha- even have an opportunity to buy the car that I want to buy. You know, that that's my reasoning behind it. Um, I understand the why they've done it. The idea is progression, I think. Yeah, I, was say, I, think uh, I think it sort of ties into what Atom, because Atom said earlier about how with the older GT games you had to start with an 80s or 90s, you know, junker and sort of work your way up to it so it sort of forces that narrative in a sense that you mm. can't just buy like a a group three aston martin and lay waste to everybody makes you feel more involved in it as well like the car will feel like it belongs to you because the yeah. way it goes is yeah you, you buy the car from the second hand used dealership you go to gt auto you get an oil change done and then you wash the car and then suddenly you've got what's just about a new car, but you've paid a whole lot less because that's all you could afford, and it feels like you truly okay. own this car. That's, you've that's a very good point. With it. Yeah, that's a very good yeah. point. Yeah, and especially definitely... with sorry, especially with the customization that you have available to you in this generation, like it's going to make it that much more personal. You've washed it, you've oiled it, you've you've given it a paint job, put wheels on it. You know, it, it is your car. Yeah. No, I can I can definitely understand it. Uh, I can understand why they've done it. It's just me personally, uh, I wouldn't mind if all the cars were just available to buy. But yeah, obviously, yeah. I with with the emphasis on car collecting and making the cars your own, uh, it it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, 
You, yeah, you're bougie. Actually, you only buy from the dealer, Ace Market. Oh, mate. Always guys, buy from the dealer, mate. Do, do both of you guys have all the cars in GT Sport? Like, no. Have you got all of them? No. Uh, funny, funny, uh, funny you should say that. I spent the last couple of days completing the Lewis Hamilton tra- time trial challenge because I mm. never actually did it. So I diamonded everything um, and got my 100 million. Um, but obviously, we're so close to GT7. I'm like, can I be bothered going through Brand Central and buying everything? Not really. So Sorry, yeah, no, I could no. probably afford to get everything, but I don't. So have you're missing. Now. You're missing quite a few cars, Atom. Or I'm missing quite a few. Don't forget, I was very late to the party. I um, yeah. I've only been playing for just over a year and a half. Mm. So I, I, I think I'm I'm four like four cars short. There's three really expensive cars I don't have, and the uh, Le Mans, the Le Mans prototype audi r18 that only comes up in the, oh, anyway, the yeah, daily yeah, spin yeah. tez yeah. got it recently yeah i got i actually got it a couple months ago yeah i'm pretty wrapped i yeah. think i was i was there when somebody got it i can't remember who mm. um but i found out about it because someone got it and they said oh it's like a, it's beaten up it's been through yeah it might have been might have been my one might have been my one because i start i went into the photo mode because the whole gimmick behind that one is it's supposed to have all the damage and stuff from that particular race replicated oh, okay. it. Yeah. but it actually doesn't like the well it might on one side but the, the damage on one side is just copied over to the other side it's just flipped oh. so, a little bit disappointing in that yeah. regard but hey look it's a it's a very, maybe very, the damage the actual damage on the the other side was um just not not aesthetic enough <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there wasn't oh, that, 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 that authentic damage isn't authentic enough we're gonna have to make our own <laughs> uh, you know, okay. there's actually, a, there's actually a, a pretty big following for that sort of thing is, is lamar cars with all the damage and like they don't wash them after the race really so you know they the, sell it to a collector with all the damage still intact you know the you know the bentley speed 8 the 2003 one in gran turismo 4 that's sitting in a garage somewhere in Europe, I assume. Um, still dirty and still got like bits of rubber and everything. Ah. Wow. Character. Yeah, it adds character, that I think. Yeah, exactly. Be, that thing must be rotting, bro. <laughs> that must be rotting. Because oh, they did a, they did a uh, was it like a Top Gear feature or something on it? I think it was like last year. And at that point, it had been sitting there for like, or it had that dirt on it for like, yeah, 12 years, 11 years or something. And they just sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, looks good. You can't ceramic coat your damage, bro. You're going to damage your damage. You're going to end up with problems. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I, I understand the idea behind it, but I don't think it's it's going to last yeah. very long. No, like, no, no, no. The car is not going to remain in that exact state. It's one, It's definitely one of those things. They like, like you say, it's character. They like to, you know, hey, here's a car that's done a race. Oh, how can you prove that it's done a race? Well... It's still got all race the damage. dirt and yeah. damage. Yeah, yeah. So, I well, don't like, know. what if, if they've if they've taken a, a chink out of the chassis underneath, for example, and exposed raw metal during the race, and it's yeah, that can't be good. Over, that can't be over, good. You've had it. You've had a Le Mans car for twenty years that's had this little bit of damage to the subframe, and that damage has rusted out the entire subframe. But to be it's fair, it's not the same damage anymore, is it? To be fair, it's not going to. It's not going to worsen if it's kept in like a air-conditioned, dehumidified, you know, garage somewhere. So, yeah, I suppose. You mm. know, if it, if they were still taking it to the track and and running it around like Suzuka for the heck of it, then ob- obviously, absolutely. But I think most <laughs> of these ex Lamar cars are are pretty well locked away. Trying to add more crash damage to their crash damage. 
Well, the seven eight seven B got fully restored. As I'm pretty sure you guys know. That, oh that, yeah, I've well, seen that yeah. runs around Fuji. So yeah, you know, it's it's not unheard of, but I suppose at the end of the day, it's just down to the individual collector or the the person that ends up buying those those X race cars. All right. Well, I think the big thing we have to talk about wet weather. Wet weather. I think we have to Ooh. talk about this. So, what are we? What are our thoughts first up? Well, I going back to what we actually talked about with the GT Sport lasting an extra two years on its life cycle. Uh, I wonder if we would have got dynamic weather if it had been released in 2020, uh, as mm. as it was supposed to be. Because three years from GT Sport to GT Seven. We got wet weather in GT Sport, but it was not dynamic. And that was in, like, 2018 or 19. Yeah. And if, if they were planning on releasing GT7 a year later, I don't think we would have had dynamic weather. So, again, with the timing, I think it's it's near perfect. Um, it's worked out to be better. And for that reason, we've got dynamic weather, if what I'm theorizing is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dynamic weather looks great. The only, the only gripe I have about the dynamic weather and the rain is that your windshield wipers just delete... The rain off the the screen they don't actually does it actually it. squeegee the yeah, water away? No, they, don't, okay. they don't visually squeegee it if you're in a cockpit view but i don't use cockpit view so it doesn't matter i've certainly had the best wet weather physics and graphics i think if you've if you've either of you guys played drive club no the spray no, looks um looks better in this mm. uh than it did in in sport for sure uh the spray is is amazing it really hinders your visibility from from everything i've seen and the, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the grip meter yeah, on the left. Yeah. Oh, the, the uh, like water, yeah. I heard I've, someone talking about that today saying that they're not a fan and that you should have to feel it. Um, uh, uh, which I say, nah, it's for the casuals. And... I was going to say, if, if you're a pro or if you're that experienced, you're not going to be looking at a gauge anyway. You'll be looking at the track. So it's definitely a casual thing. Yeah, also, I think, I think it's good to have because... Like, imagine yourself in a scenario, um, like, where you're racing, the track's drying, you've got wet patches on the outside, but maybe the graphics aren't quite detailed enough where you you don't quite pick up on whether it's 80% wet or 65% wet, and you go on there, Mm. break a tiny bit too late because you've misjudged that, and off the track you go, that's your race done. I guess the, I guess the the rebuttal to that is, well, that's just like real life, but it'd be frustrating for just a, like a racing game to have a really good race, just go down the toilet because you didn't have an accurate, like accurate representation on just how wet it is, especially if you're trying to survive on slicks or something. Yeah. That's kind of wet weather in general, like even in real life, that's just part of wet weather being It's true, but if you consider a, a real racer in a real race situation you would have a race engineer in your ear giving you the statistical uh details of the weather at the time like they would tell you that percentage that smock was just saying they would say uh there's 35 percent more moisture in sector two they would tell you that you would know that and that would help with your decision making and that's why the bar is there because that's all you can get they could give you a race engineer in gt sport they Ooh. probably could do that uh, in GT7. Sorry, they could have gone with that instead potentially because they have that in your other sims, your ACC and your mm-hmm. iRacing, mm. uh, and they're just like a message. You get the same message all the time, but that message can be important. Um, and I'd they like could to hear give Tom you that. Brooks in my ear. 
Yes! <laughs> oh, that would be great! Um, so uh, uh, you could get a race engineer to replace your, your grip meter as well as your radar uh not not your radar but your your weather radar yeah um they could also replace your fuel numbers um and other things instead but as, as far as just the um the grip meter if people have a problem with it i would say the best solution for from pd's side would be to get a, a race engineer in in its place mm. um, you, got you need that statistical now, information yeah you got me thinking that's actually a dangerous not not bad dangerous but that's actually a dangerous concept of having a race engineer but then imagine if you could pick you had like a had like available race engineers you could have and, and that opens the door to having like celebrity you have to, you have you to buy like, a race engineer you'd have oh, like, you'd have like okay. the, tom, the tom brooks pack the jeremy clarkson pack yeah the, um, what's his name tom kotcher who you guys probably don't know who Tom Kotcher is. He was the yeah. he was Rick in the V8 Supercar games. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You also get so, uh, Neil Crompton on there from Supercars. Oh, David Crofty. <laughs> Bono. Oh, oh, oh please. Turismo <laughs> Michael, this is Toto. Down, <laughs> actually went down that route. I think that would be very interesting. And it I'm would be definitely definitely for it. But again, like like you guys said it would have to be implemented i think carefully because yep. we've lasted this long without it so yeah. i just feel like it's one you don't want it you don't want them to implement it just because all the other sims are doing it you want it to actually yeah. contribute to your your racing experience what so, they could do is they could add a add it as like a like a single race like there's a race event that they bring out as a dlc later down the line and it's like a four hour of le mans but it's with a race engineer and it's the only race in the game that has an engineer and that could be their trial to see if it's an effective uh, system to yeah. have and then they could yeah. think about that for gt8 you know like mm. they had the wet weather in gt sport it was you know mm. meter basically it was, yeah. that, it was that northern isle that northern isle festival those those time trials yeah yeah i like oh, how yeah. your idea i like how your idea of a test is a four-hour race <laughs> oh, that's just a it would have to be it would have to be like a solid event does it though because it could i just think be so a, it could just be a five lap race with a pit stop in the middle well they already have 24 hour races right or they had them in the old games had i don't know them. if they have them in this yeah um if they do though if they do have 24 hour races in this then you'd have to maybe do the race engineer for the 24 hour races you know yeah but the thing is if they're wanting like just just in the sense of getting a demo like you suggested about having a demo to see how it would work it, it doesn't have to be a long race it just has to be an action-packed race where an engineer so five laps okay let's, let's say 10 laps right 10 laps there's a pit stop in the middle and then after the pit stop it starts to rain so it'll, you know that sort of changing conditions thing where an engineer can say hey look atom it's raining in sector four or whatever you know that sort of thing so it doesn't have to be a, a four hour because because what they would be wanting is feedback and in order to get feedback you'd need to finish the race and i don't see any casuals finishing any four-hour races you know yeah just just for the heck of it so but an a, excellent but a, point even a even a 10-lap race around nubergring would probably be too tedious for most people you remember yeah. the the final mission challenge in gt it's sport those, four. Those it's only four, laps. four laps yeah so yeah, I don't know. There's there's definitely ways to to implement it, but like I said, just as long as they don't do it because everyone else is doing it, 
Yeah. They have to do it in their own unique way if they're going to do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, and something I've... The other, oh, no, also, I was just going to say, the other, no, thing to, the, the other thing to consider, too, is if they do implement a race engineer, they'll need all the languages, too, because yeah. it's such a, a, right. a multi-cultural mm-hmm. game. It's an international, yeah. Yeah. They'd yeah. need so language all the added support. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Language support for all the languages that are already in the game. Yep. yep. Okay, um, something about wet weather I found, tiny little tidbit I found interesting, is that it's changed from uh, like a circle with a number in it to a bar with increments up. You remember in the earlier trailers, it yes, was a, a circle yeah. with like raindrops oh, on the yeah. top. That uh, was a in, percentage, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was a percentage. I, I said in my state of play breakdown it was a percentage, but I, I sort of went back to watch bits of it today to get some ideas to talk about. And I think I saw it like click up over 100. So yeah. I, I don't think over 100 is supposed to be aquaplaning, though. I think okay. that's what that was supposed to be because a hundred percent water would be like it's real heavy, but your yeah. your wheels still on the ground. Anything more than that, and you're starting to aquaplane, which obviously yeah. you do not want. But like obviously, it's now changed to a bar, and it's got like increments up. And I'm assuming we've seen Super GT's breakdown. Yeah, he he mm. kind of said that the bars represent the type of tyre that you can survive on. So if it's under the first bar, you can survive on slicks. If it's under the second, inters. If it's above the second, so like in the in the third part of the bar is heavy wets. Mm. Yeah, we so think- it's split into thirds, and I, yeah. I, I think that helps you figure out what yeah. you're looking at. Mm. Uh, it's certainly a good approachable, because again, casuals might not know the difference between intermediates and heavy wets. They just think, oh, wet weather is wet weather. So... Mm. Yeah, some sort of progression system of, and and again, a lot of people, you know, you can race on slicks in the wet. Yeah, you, know, you, you can, provided you've got temperature in the tires, and you know there are ways to go about it. But you can do it. It's not, I mean, obviously it's perilous, but it's not as unheard of or dangerous as people make it out to be. It's not like you will instantly understeer and crash into the wall and and you know. Well, yeah, you, you hear plenty of stories of um, of drivers in motorsport who have made risky decisions to jump on a slick tyre while it's still wet because they yeah. believe yeah, that yeah. dry weather is coming and they're going to benefit from that. Or the other way around, they go into the wet tyre early um, and then they're more prepared for the wet I mean, weather when it, when it comes. Yeah, kind of, we kind of saw a recent example of that at the Russian Grand Prix last year. Yes. N- yeah, Norris and yeah. uh, yeah. his team and McLaren... Um, gambled and thought oh let's stay on these um let's stay on these slick tires there's only a couple of laps left torrential rain in the last few laps so he ended up just choking oh, he, dude, he the amount of pressure that he must have been he, under oh, he would have been immense like i've definitely i'm definitely not having a go at him whatsoever but it's just like exactly that we can get that in gran turismo 7 now yeah and I, I, i'm I seriously looking forward to that and i it's could have, sort of leads into the next point i wanted to make as well with the wet, the wet weather radar. Say that ten times fast, God. Mm. Um, it's definitely. I think that's definitely good because if you've got a tiny patch of rain coming, like I think it's color coded, isn't it? Uh, the, the dark. Uh, I don't know. Look, I, I, think, I need to learn. Like how to read. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. it is color coded. I think it goes red for really heavy rain. Imagine if you've got this tiny dot of red coming over the track. You have mm. the decision there. Do I pit? For the, for the wet tyres, because obviously if it's a tiny patch, you're going to then have to pit again back onto the dries, or do you gamble with the dry tyres, stay through the rain, 
you know, is that going to be quicker than pitting twice to go onto the wets yeah, and then back yeah. off the wets? That you know, 50 50 decision is going yeah. to be really exciting if it yeah, ever comes yeah. up in a high pressure situation where you go, mm-hmm. the rain's coming. I'm at the pit entry now. Do I go one more or do I go in now? You'd make that decision. That's that's going to like spike your adrenaline sky high. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's very exciting. Although I'm I'm concerned that I will feel hard done by if I make the wrong yeah. decision and get put to the back of the grid because yeah. that could very well happen. Yeah, I think I I think we're probably going to see a little bit more of that because in. In Gran Turismo Sport, where the, the weather was, the weather's always consistent in, in sport, obviously. You can just practice that weather condition. You can just practice as much as you can, become one of the quickest at the combo, and you're pretty much guaranteed to do well as long as nothing uh, out of your control in the race goes wrong, as long as, you, as long as you don't get taken out or whatever, or you make a silly mistake and crash. Like You can practice, you know what the conditions are going to be like in the race, and you can be well prepared for it, whereas with this dynamic weather... I guess this sort of leads into a ne- to the next point. Um, you know, the, the changing weather through the race is going to be difficult to practice for that. Um, yeah, I especially, agree. Unless, um, unless they do, like, especially time trials, so, like, they can they can have the option of dynamic weather or fixed weather because mm-hmm. it was it was like they'd be they'd be silly to do dynamic weather on a on a ranked time trial for example yeah where <laughs> you know, yeah yeah exactly because yeah. otherwise you'd have that one person who goes out there and does 100 laps so that the track's nice and dry and then he bolts on a set and, and goes hard so i definitely think for like time trials and possibly even qualifying just for their you know just for balance reasons um now i i'm going to disagree with qualifying just quietly because i think the wet qualifyings like we've heard we've all heard that one of the most famous lines in um in formula one history like even if you put rocket ship we will be 11th so (laughs) you know like seeing something like that happen in qualifying would be quite cool um and it means like you got to get your your dry lap in as soon as you can uh if you're in qualifying and the weather is dynamic but i brought this up as a problem when dynamic weather was first announced when it was even teased when they had the, 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 I think it was a time lapse of the clouds rolling across the sky in the very first trailer, which teased dynamic weather. And people were saying, oh, dynamic, dynamic, dynamic. I said, this is, I, I don't know how this is going to work for FIA. Like, yep. if you have three slots for FIA, the same way as we already have, um, or five slots or whatever, um, the first slot is 10 laps. And at the end of the eighth lap, it starts raining yeah and then in the second slot because you had a shocker in the first one you weren't prepared for the wet weather you go again and it's just wet the whole race Mm. or it's dry the whole race is it going to be different between slot one and slot two or is it going to be the same because if it's going to be different then you're going to have problems but if it's the same you're going to have people who go i know what the weather's going to do now and i know exactly when to change the tire so exact it was exactly the point I was I was going to bring up it's I think there's a bigger there's a bigger picture here with the fairness of the competition if it's going to continue I will I will point out um I would say more so recently right to the build up of the game I would say the the FIA um like endorsement the FIA partnership has gone a bit quiet there's not much going on about it like uh we finished the FIA season in sport and then the, the the last season we just finished was not FI endorsed whatsoever and there's I've 
there's nothing yet. I feel like the game's releasing yeah, tomorrow, I think, I think, and there, there's still nothing with FIA. No, I think I think Road to Duty Seven had no real right to be FIA. No, I, I, I agree. A, I definitely agree. A, yeah. Fine. As opposed to whether or not the FIA will be included in the future, I agree. Something should have been said already. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that it's necessarily out. It's no, just, no. There's... And again, we're going to have the answer in, you know, yeah. a few hours. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I agree, I agree with, with what you're saying, Nate. The, first of all, Gran Turismo Sport, when was the first FIA certified championship? How long know. after the launch was it? I think it was before the launch, wasn't it? Didn't they do like a big pre-event There were definitely test seasons. I know they did like an alpha off. and a beta. I'm sure that the test seasons were during the game, the game's life cycle. But the reason I say this is I, I, I get the feeling that the FIA was not involved for nearly a, a year after release because the first FIA uh, GTC World Finals were 2018. There wasn't any in yeah. 2017. Mm. And that was when it was yeah, released. But- so Again, what it's... what I mean by this is that I think the FIA could come to the party yet. They yeah. may just be hashing out the details. We have had confirmation of a championship, mm-hmm. and we have had confirmation of live events returning as well. Um, I don't know if you guys know about that. Um, I saw a tweet today from the organizer of the live events uh, basically saying, looking forward to seeing people at the World Finals this mm. year. So I think we can expect to see something come to us as time goes on but it looks like they've been fully focused on the um on the single player side of things yeah and i I I completely understand that where i was sort of taking that point is i feel like if a competition is abs is endorsed by the fia it really should be a fair competition give everyone an equal opportunity to actually you know reach the top reach those live events like you say but then yeah what What's the dynamic weather going to do? Dynamic because... weather just can't do that. And, there, yeah. and there's there's more. There's more too. The tuning, the the body kits. Uh, like if you like up tuning. if you upgrade your car, can, like if you upgrade a Group Three car, for example, can you s- still race against other people in their Group Three cars? I mean, I guess I the performance points come into that a bit. But I don't think you know, there's a lot. There's do. a lot of variables. Yeah, I don't think there'll be too much to do to like Group Three and Group Four cars okay. with regards to customization and tuning because they are race cars. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the sport mode and like, yeah, what can you bring your wide-bodied, clapped-out RX8 into a, <laughs> a Nations Cup race? I it might run under the same principles as like the manufacturer series, wherein they give you the car to compete okay, in. Yeah. So, like manufacture series, you sign a contract. Here's a Group Three car. Here's a Group Four car. Go racing, right? It's all good. That's um, very true. They might do a similar thing with the Nations Cup. They say, "Hey, look, this race is coming up, right? So, I don't know. Pick a class: N two hundred, N three hundred, or sorry, now it's all PP points. So maybe six fifty PP, right? Here's the list of cars that are eligible." pick one and then we will add it to your garage and you can chuck a livery on it and all that sort of thing. And that's, that's the other thing that I hope is addressed with seven is that you can put your own designs on like provided cars yeah. so that we don't have those, yep. those races where, especially if it's a car that's only got like a couple of color options, like you want to yeah. actually. There's some cars that have one color option. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so you get a one make and you get an identical grid. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so where I'm going with that is that 
rather than yeah again you can't bring your your wide-bodied souped up whatever but they will provide you a car and you can't touch it but you can yeah put your own color on it put your branding on it that sort of thing i think that would be a very good that would be good the the only cab the only sort of reservation i'll have with that particular idea is that recently we saw tuning open in a manufacturer race a couple of them actually we had the group three at willow and the group four at miyabi kyoto driving park miyabi tuning Mm. was on and like again it comes back to it the the fairness i I do not believe that tuning especially tuning and like upgrades are fair in a competition endorsed by the fia if they made their own competition gran turismo competitions i guess that's fair enough but if it's endorsed by the international sporting body it needs to be a fair competition and so far i've seen nothing about like balance of performance, whether that's coming back, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll, I'll play. Be... Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm going. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I just want to play devil's advocate on what Smock was just saying yeah. when it comes to um to tuning and stuff, and the FIA. What you say about them perhaps not sanctioning an event um that's not fair because some people can tune, some people can't. Generally, FIA um certified or FIA run. Uh, motorsport events like Formula One, for example, um, all the cars are different in Formula One. Yeah, true. Um, true. And they have okay. they have rules and limits as to what you can and cannot build. Um, and then it's the team's job to build the best car they can within the limits that they're given and push the boundaries as much as possible. And perhaps that's what they're trying to do with um, Gran Turismo 7. So I think there's no reason why FIA wouldn't certify an event that had tuning and things allowed. I think I think that's not going to stop them. Um, but I also do not want to see tuning in, um, in no. FIA. I would much prefer to have fixed setups yep. um, because... Adding tuning for a start adds so much more R&D into your practice for an event. Yeah. Like, you have to spend so much more time. That That is quite a big turn-off for me. Yeah. That's, sort of the, that's the biggest thing I'm worried about is I, I do not want to have to sit there for hours and make a tune because at the end of the day, all I'm going to do is wait for someone else to make a tune, then make a YouTube exactly. video, and then grab exactly. that. In which case, like, in which case on a large scale of people are going to do that, especially like in top split or whatever, like top split competition, everyone's going to be running the best tune. And if you've got someone mm. like AMS dude on YouTube, who's really reliable. He makes good tunes. The cars are fast. Everyone's just going to use the same tune anyway, in which case, why not just You're avoid the, the whole thing? Why, why not yeah. avoid the whole thing and just have balance of performance on the, think- the only, the only thing about that is that, AMS dudes tunes on the cars feel a lot nicer than whatever Polyphony Digital Bot was, um, mm. but like again, I just feel like tuning's on. Yes, people can choose different tunes. Yes, but in the top level of the competition, everyone's going to be in the same car anyway. Just have Bop. Mm. Just have Bop on. It's so much easier. I do think that. I mean, the the FIA races where there was tuning enabled, I definitely think that was just a tester. Yeah. Because it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a an actual series. It was an exhibition series. So yeah, yeah. that was certainly the right time for them to try something like that and just see what the general consensus was from the, the player base. Um, as far as tuning races in like a yeah like a sanctioned series, yeah, I don't think it should be a thing. I'm I'm with you on that, Smock. It does also open up the possibility of more championships. So 
sport, we've had the Nations Cup, we've had the Manufacture Series, right? And then recently we've had the Olympic Virtual Series, which was the time yeah. trial. We had the Toyota Gazoo Cup, which is picking up in popularity. They could do a tuning championship where yes. all the races are tuning yes. enabled, or they could Someone do a that. yeah, yeah, or they could I'm do a a street, you know, like a, a streetcar series where bring your wide-bodied Civic or your yeah. tuning touring car built. You know, they, they could do like a what, what was it called on um, like Gran Turismo All Stars. The the that was one of their championships that they had where it was all yeah. their original race cars. So I, think, I definitely yeah. definitely think that they could do something like that. There's room in the assuming, game to do something like that. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. And that's assuming that manufacturers and nations carries over. Like, yeah, that's might, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think I'd love per- to see some more championships in a perfect world. In a perfect world, here we go. This is this is my idea of perfection here. Nations Cup and manufacturers, pretty much as they were in sport, I don't think there was necessarily too much wrong with those competitions. I think. Maybe the points, the way the points were calculated is a bit how you're going, but, you know, it's not that bad. The racing is fine. But then completely separately, a tuning championship, I reckon. At least that extra one, a tuning championship, because then you can have your balanced, you know, good championship races. It's just the drivers and, I guess, the car and the manufacturer series. Like, doing the hard yards, you have to do the best you can. And then for those that like the tuning, because, again, there's going to be a massive population of players that really enjoy the tuning... They have their tuning championship. They can go to town. They can do whatever they want. You know, I think I think the the reservations I have is that they're mixing the two, and it, it makes it difficult yeah. for someone like me that doesn't enjoy tuning. I have to race against people that love it and can get a really good tune on their car, whereas I just don't have the I don't have the patience to develop it. So I'm just going to copy someone else. Yeah, I agree with that the was, tuning championship. That was exactly it. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think there would be. And again, we're, we're sort of breaking away from the pros who will just race anything. Like say, they'll they will go the extra mile. They'll get the ideal setup. They will they'll race whatever you know. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there can also be some amateur. I said I use the term loosely. Amateur casual championships for you know the people that want a rally championship or a. Oh a, yeah. You know and. Actually, while we're talking about sport mode, what do you guys think about the the splits, the whole GT1, GT2? Yeah, I was just going to say, have you guys seen that? So I I like the way it works. My understanding is that uh, the season will be due to start on the 1st of April. And on the 31st of March, everyone's DR will be assessed. And then at midnight, everyone will be slotted into their... Uh, GT1, GT2, or GT3. So everything that's A and above, so A and A plus, is GT1. Everyone who's B rated is in GT2, and C and below is GT3. And then the the good thing about that is, if you're a B rated driver and you've done four rounds and you go look at the points table, you see the points table for all the B drivers. You do not yeah, see the A plus okay. drivers who mm. you're not racing mm. and you're not competing against there there so, i think there there are pros and cons for that absolutely that's one of the best one of the best pros i think is everyone sort of ranked against their own skill level you're not looking down oh look i made the top 100 just because of all these faster drivers but really if you're in the top 100 of a regional ranking mm-hmm. um, you can then narrow that down to people of your skill level and then you can get a true representation of where you sit amongst others 
Um, It'll be an ego trip for some people who don't understand that they're not yeah, in the top category. Yeah, it will. Yeah. The fact that it will it will reward people who do not have the ability to make it to the very top, which is going to improve um, the the entire attitude of the player base. I think like mm. there'll be people who will be like, "Oh, I was in the top ten, and they would never be anywhere near that in the top if they're C rated." It gives it gives but them something. Yeah, gives them something, something to hold on to. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know. Can I can I put forward something that would never happen, but it would be awesome if it did? Yes. Live events, right? But bring the top guys in GT one. Yes. Uh-huh. Bring the top guys in GT two, so you have the GT one champion, the GT two champion, and the GT three champion. I've How, that, 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 I think that's the case, though. But, if that's the case, though, then someone like me, who is borderline to make it for GT one, or probably wouldn't make it for GT one, but might get close. If I tank my DR and go down to GT two. That's your choice. That's that's you know? the whole thing. That is your choice. Like there will be, you know, there will yeah, be people that's, that yeah, people that's like you that go really. I think so. I don't know. It's like I said. It's probably never going to happen because obviously the world events are hard enough to organize as it yeah. is. You know, I like only, I like the idea. The yeah, I like the idea. I think someone actually talked about that previously. I'm having a I'm having a bit of a memory now of it. Someone mentioned that I think, and then the argument for it was. Uh, watching B-rated drivers race each other will not make good television. Yeah, it will true. not be a good a good advertisement for the game. Same that with B-rated drivers for for your GT3. So that is a fair I, idea. I like the idea, and I like the idea of rewarding people who are down in the lower ends, like the B-rated drivers, giving them something to to reward them when they would mm-hmm. never have realistically have achieved that otherwise. But it probably if- would not work. Even if you had the GT, so so GT one right top split Fraga, Lukowski, all of the all the big names right, you have them competing, right? They're they're the headline act. They're the they're the big front runners. Even if you had some of the GT two guys and almost ran it like a development series, sort of had the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, like a yeah, feeder, like, I, I feeder series that. almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm not sure that it would be feasible to to fly them to. Monaco. Yeah. Or, it kind of falls know. under the umbrella of um, the Pro-Am races that they've done in the past. Mm. Mm. Um, so they had the Pro-GT driver and they had an amateur driver race. Yeah, I never really put them on the official broadcasts, but the footage out there exists. Yeah, so yeah, they did, um... it would not be the first time they've had someone or people who are not at the top level uh, on a broadcast to advertise the game. Because mm. they used to do that with um, that was how they teased the new cars. Because I remember there was a pro am race that used the Jaguar VGT, and that was like three months. Yeah, before yeah, that was. Came out. Yeah, three months, or anyway, it was it was pre release anyway. It was before, it was, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll first look at the the Jaguar VGT. So no, that would be interesting. There's definitely a lot of ways to go about it. What I think is going to happen, though, for certain, we're not going to see any championships for the first probably six months, at the least. Because there needs to be that there needs to be that grace period for people to start the game, build up their garage, play the game, and then once we've got you know millions of credits and a respectable sized garage, then they can say, All right, time to open the championships. You know, boom. Because they would be they would be foolish to to start a championship like weeks or months into a release as big as GT Seven, especially with such a heavy single player campaign. From what no, we've seen, there will be a test season. Yeah, early. I was, oh, was going to say there'll be tests. But I'm saying there won't be 
there's, there's not going to be any live event. Yeah, any yeah, live yeah. Event things. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's supposedly going to be a World Finals this year. So I think there will be a main season. I think, yeah, I think seeing a live event this year or World Final, whatever they're going to call it, this year is, is, I think that's realistic because they can start the championship in, what, July, May. August? But, I, but yeah. I ask you, will it be a live event? Like, will it be a, a live event or will it just be a live an online, ex, online, ex, online final. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. They can do a live event, but will it be a championship event, or will it just be, hey, Matt McEwen and, and Valerio Gallo and all you guys, hey, just come and you know do a, do a race or two here in Monaco and, and promote GT7. <laughs> you know, it'd that. be like, yeah, it'd be like invite the previous World Finals qualifiers. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, which I, is I, what they've I, done in the past. There definitely needs to be a period of just. Leave everybody alone and let them discover the new stuff for themselves. Let oh, them yeah, definitely. drive all the new yeah. cars, and let, you know, because otherwise, otherwise you sort of lose the hype for GT Seven because you're you're not enjoying the game. You're grinding to get all the cars so that you can compete in the championships. Yeah, so that, and you were talking about this before as well, uh, Nate, when you talked about uh, in the Nations Cup and the Manufacturer Series, they provide you with the cars, mm. um, which I think is a valid solution to the problems that we might end up seeing or that i'm expecting us to end up seeing because of the way the game exists and the way the progression is designed and when it comes to online racing when you require a car for a set uh event so um you said about providing cars if they weren't to provide cars then you would need to grind through the game and purchase the correct cars so that you have the cars available if a pp300 event comes up you need the meta pp300 car mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you need the money to buy that car for that event and you can only get that by grinding out the game so yeah, yeah it's it's the same thing i was gonna i was gonna touch on this before i think i think the best way they could possibly mitigate all these issues we've talked about is to almost completely separate the competition from the rest of the game you have I, th I think there, again, there's going to be pros and cons for it, but it solves, in my mind at least, it solves the tuning because you can enable, uh, you can enable like a fixed setup or whatever, um, mm. give, almost give you a separate garage for championships. So you like have the main home screen, you click on what, what is it? The, the nation's cup trophy logo or whatever it's going to be. You click on that and then it gives you a championship garage where you, maybe you have to buy a second copy of the car to leave stock. It locks a setup on it uh, yes. or it locks a performance point limit or whatever. And that's what Ooh. you use to go into your championship races. That would certainly I, think, be an I think that would solve it. That would certainly be an interesting idea. Having your, like your garage garage yeah. and then having your sport mode garage, which yeah, yes. like, maybe, maybe I don't know if this is going to happen, but you know, maybe you could, Go to Brand Central, right? La 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 la. My name's Smock. I'd like to buy a Z4 GT3, please. And they will say, No, I won't. Are you buying that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you can elect to either purchase it for yourself or purchase mm -hmm. it for sport mode. And if you purchase it for sport mode, the setups get locked and everything gets yeah. locked. You can't touch it. But if you buy it for yourself, then by all means, whack a turbo on, give it 1200 horsepower. Yeah. Who cares? You know, Yahoo, that sort of thing. That I would, think. That could work. I think it's an it's an idea out there because mm. yeah, as it mm. seems at the moment, what you buy the Z4 GT3 or whatever, make it produce twelve hundred twelve hundred horsepower, and then you go and enter a sport mode race. Like what what happens? I, I think well, 
I think probably f- like all things from memory. Yeah, exactly. I think from memory, like the Group Three, Group Four cars, they also have a performance points rating. So uh, I think if you go into uh, a group, so. I'm pretty sure I've they, seen they it. do from what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think all they, the cars have a PP rating, and yeah. it's just the race cars themselves have an additional like Group X doesn't group exist as well. well. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess what they're going to do is they're going to have a Group 3 race, but then also put a performance point limit on it, so you, you can't rock up with a 1,200-horsepower GT3 car. But yeah... It, or just use Bob. What's what's all the other... Yeah, what's what happens to all the other tuning? Does it... Well, does it, yeah. like all things... No, you know what I mean? Phase, yeah. It just... Like, so if you have a... Okay, 1,200-horsepower Z4 GT3, right? And to obviously accommodate for the fact that you have 1200 horsepower your gears are way longer and everything's yeah. all set up for high speed if you just nerf the power if, if you get yeah if, if you nerf the power and weight you know, so so bot gets enabled right yep well then you'll have to change the gears and change the yeah. you know because otherwise you're driving something that's geared for 500 k's an hour but you're struggling to to pass 250 you know that's you, you've got a tune on it for a different car yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You've got the wrong tune. So it would be up to you to, to tune accordingly. And that's probably where having the different sheets would come into place. Obviously, you can have three different setups saved for, you know, high speed or for circuit or for that sort of thing. It's, it's yeah, there are ways to do it. There are ways to go about it. Yeah, it'll be, obviously, we don't know anything about what they're going to do in that no, regard, no. but it's just, what are we, yeah. 10 hours away. Ten hours. Yeah, exactly. Quiet, quietly it, hopeful, but yeah, I guess we'll see. It just yeah. seems to me at the moment there's going to be dynamic weather and it's not sort of fleshed out exactly how that's going to work in championships. And it also seems we have tuning. It's just a lot of variables going in. I would like, like Atom said before, the tuning is, uh, like the FIA is not going to be scared about sanctioning an event with tuning. And I, I definitely see that point. But in a more casual situation like that obviously none of us are race engineers we don't know how to properly set up a car so we're just going to copy someone else um mm. so if we Nate, have that's a race engineer oh <laughs> look at that it's still well, outnumbered good. mate 66 percent of us aren't oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, have to get on. I'll have to bring one of my uh, race engineer friends oh no yeah us. you're gonna gonna outnumber us yeah, uh, but yeah at, at the moment what variable tuning variable weather doesn't seem like it's sort of making for a, a, an attractive fair championship for casual players. Mm. That's that's my worries. That's yeah, my worries. It just depends how they lay it out. Like it's yeah. a question of how do they balance it, and if the balance is acceptable, then it's cool. If it's you know in that grey area or going beyond, then we might have a have an issue, and we might see people exploiting things like like I said with the dynamic weather. If it changes at ex- if the Weather in slot one is identical to the weather in slot two, then then it's not very good. You're going to see people exploiting that, and that's going to make it unfair, I guess. I don't. It on that topic, I don't necessarily mind seeing something to what they do in, or something similar to what they do in the Formula One career mode. I, I watch a bit of, I watch Ben Daly's career career mode and that's about all the F1 game content I watch. But it shows you like a race progression. It shows you like the different bits of weather over the course of the race. But then when you're in the race, you don't know if it's going to rain on lap 26 or whether it's going to rain on lap 27. You just have like the time or, or the weather condition split over like six 
six slots or whatever. You might have sun in the first two and then a bit of cloud in the in the third one. And then it starts to get progressively heavier. So you know it's going to rain as it gets later into the race, but you don't know on which lap that's actually going to arrive. Mm. I think Is one that way to how they may go about it? Possibly, possibly. I, I reckon one way to also go about it would be fixed weather. So slot one, right? Fixed yeah. weather at the start of the race. So let's say 50% wet right and then from there how wet or how dry the track is is up to the drivers so if you've got everybody single file <laughs> making a dry line then yeah. the dry line but like the edges are still super wet whereas yeah. if you've got people sort of all over the show then the track will still be wetter but it'll be more dry like across Overall, the track yeah. rather than rather than having a dry line wet line that sort of thing i, I actually wanted to I wanted to talk about that actually, that specific thing. Um, drying feature, dry line. yeah, the the drying line feature. Okay, is it going to be? Is it going to be a time based thing where like the dry line is already programmed in? The, the game already knows what part of the track is going to dry, regardless of whether the cars actually drive on it. It's just a matter of as the laps pass, this racing line that we've programmed in gets drier, or is it actually going to be based off the parts of the track the cars drive over? So I think it would be interesting to test this uh, by getting like a group of us in a lobby or whatever or in a daily race and we all coordinate to exclusively drive off the traditional racing line on the drying mm. track to see what part of the track actually dries. Because yeah, yeah. I think for the most part, I think it's perfectly acceptable to have the dry line predetermined. Like the game already knows what part of the track is going to dry because in most racing scenarios, you're going to be using the racing line. So I think that's a perfectly acceptable way to go about it. But like you said, Nismo, how's that going to work for the championship? Because you could easily just exploit it a bit and make sure the whole track gets a little bit drier. But is yeah, it going to necessarily work like that? It's not really an exploit, though, is it? Because you're driving off the racing line multiple times just to dry the track off. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's all that exploitable, really, in the grand scheme of things. If you're... You know, the only reason you would do that is if you were, you know, didn't give a crap about your race, and you're like, "Hey, I'll help you guys out by driving." Yeah, off true, true. Yeah, I guess uh, export have, was the wrong word, but have either of you guys played much Project Cars Two? No, no. Because from what, well, neither have I. <laughs> but from what I've read, <laughs> that had a really good wet weather system. Okay. In that, you know, the the rain sort of followed the, you know, so Mount Panorama. It would dry. Yeah. The rain from the high bits would sort of run down to the low bits, and sort oh, of, okay. you, know, you know, puddles forming and that sort of thing, and, and as well as drying. Obviously, apparently that was really good for drying. So it might pay to look at that. Yeah, as, far as that might be how it's enacted. So it'll definitely be interesting with, um, you know, like flatter tracks like Sakuba. Obviously, it won't really matter too much as far as yeah. where the water's going to flow because it's pretty flat, but. And the same with the weather radar, small tracks, it's not really going to matter because you can see, you know, but yeah, longer tracks like the Nürburgring, obviously, of course, it's going to make a difference. Le Mans, definitely. Spa, yeah, that's um, the big one, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's... And Spa. Spa and as Spa. well. Spa, yeah. Spa's a pretty long track, lengthwise, it is, I think. It is. It is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting concept to look at and... Um, I think the wet weather is going to plague a lot of people for a little while uh, before yeah, we figure out exactly just, how the mechanics work. It'll be a matter of just getting used to it, I think. Remembering, of course, that Gran Turismo will obviously be listening for feedback, and you know they're, they're not they're not against 
changing things if enough of the community goes, hey, this yeah. needs to be addressed. You know, I like imagine we saw that feedback years. already. They're probably already taking feedback from the reviewers for the day yeah. one patch. We saw that with the fuel indicator. Remember in the early days of Gran Turismo, you're low on fuel. You mm. get your fuel indicator mm. right on the horizon. It's there for the entire lap. But like mo- yeah. a lot of people were halo. sort of... Oh, the halo, yeah. A lot of people were up in arms about it, and they changed it. The halo's transparent now. The fuel yeah. indicator only comes on at the pit entry. Yeah, so that fuel warning actually only comes on uh, on your fuel gauge now, apparently. Oh, okay. ah, so it doesn't come up the on the middle of the screen. I didn't necessarily mind it on the middle of the screen, to be honest, no, because, it, I, because I it only it. came up on the pit entry when it mattered. It wasn't, yeah. like, it doesn't matter if you've got half a lap of fuel remaining and you're on the other side of the Nordsch lifeline and it's covering your horizon. Like, that, that, would, that was annoying. I definitely think that it's, you know, obviously Gran Turismo aren't beneath making tweaks to the game if yeah, yeah. You know, if, if there's enough of a... And it has to be a legitimate, Ugh. you know, reception. They can't just be like, oh, I don't like the colour of the shifter, and then they change <laughs> the or whatever, you know. It has to be a legitimate, reasonable, like, concern. If there's enough outcry, the they're, they're happy yeah. to change stuff, it looks like. Yeah. You know, they yeah. appease so the that's community. Good. Yeah. Like, the Halo, the Halo thing was sensible because, obviously in real life like you sort of look through the halo you know if you ever do the thing with your finger and you sort of yeah yeah that is exactly what happens with halos Um, you can see around it you can sort of see around it because of the way so on a tv screen on a tv screen or a monitor obviously you you don't get that so making it transparent totally suitable makes sense yeah Yeah. absolutely and the the fuel the fuel gauge obviously same thing and what else what are the changes that they made to gt sport over the years plenty more than a few, yeah, yeah but yeah. Like the, the point is, the next couple of weeks, we're all going to be guinea pigs. We just have to, yeah, yeah, play the play the hell out of the game, and, and there'll probably be quite a significant update at the end of the first month, I imagine. Mm. 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 The day one uh, update. I mean that that'll be the actual day one update. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think we'll we'll sum up biggest yeah, yeah. takeaways. I think for me is is the tuning and the dynamic weather, like how that's going to work in competition. That's going to be my biggest thing I'm going to be looking for when um, when the game comes out because I'll be absolutely yeah interested to see how they implement both of those. Like I said before, it would be cool to have a separate sport garage where all that wasn't a worry. I'm a ball of weather, obviously, but to do with the cars. But yeah, that's going to be my biggest takeaway, I think. Mm. You can tell we're we're focused on sport mode, and the campaign is just an added yeah. bonus to oh. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've just you've just reminded me of something else. I think we are. Oh, we can talk about it for five minutes. Daily yeah. races, daily races. Okay. Um, from what we've seen at the moment, there's still going to be three daily races. Um, like the early reviews have daily race A, B, and C as we did. I really strongly believe there needs to be two more, a race D and a race E. So the race D is maybe a 40-minute race, and then a race E is maybe an hour. And that, that you know, yeah. I think yeah. definitely an hour-long race for a casual player is not going to be attractive, but there are going to be a group of players that want to do an hour-long race, and then maybe the, the entry period for that could be every hour and a half or every two hours. I'd say more you know? like it's an hour turnaround. Every entry period is an hour apart and it's like a 45, 50 minute race. Well, that, yeah, that's that, close enough. 
that, that was sort of my that was sort of my race my race D, whereas the race E could right. be the proper endurance. Well, race I think C, race C is I, only twenty minutes long at the moment. Yeah, that's it's what a lot I mean. shorter. Yeah. So they either need to make race C longer like it was in sport or they need to, like you're saying, implement a D and an E. Yeah, Mm. or even even just one extra race where it's a bit longer because, you know, race A, what what we normally see, race A is some little novelty combo with a road car. You know, it's normally one mate, not that exciting, not many people join. It's easy to learn track for you. Yeah, exactly. And we see race B is normally a little bit of a, larger caliber you normally see a race car there it's eight minutes long really good to just grind out some daily race speeds you don't have to worry about strategy or whatever that's good race c strategy comes into it but it's often a toss-up between a one-stop and a no-stop so you can still no-stop the one race where you actually have the opportunity for strategy to come into play whereas i think your race d could add the question between a one-stop and a two-stop and your race c uh your race e sorry could be more leaning towards yeah. a three stop, yeah. So, or yep. and then then the race E can be an endurance style race. Like maybe there's a time, like it's a timed race. Mm. Oh, time race would be a good idea. Yeah, like do a thirty yeah. minute race instead of a ten lap race. I think I don't know how many players you would get because, like, obviously daily race A, B, C. There's few enough of them that any given race, there's always going to be you know plenty of drivers, yeah. good, good, bad, or otherwise, right? maybe they need to do a weekly race and make that your hour, two oh, hour yeah, long race. Okay. You know, because the amount of like server, you know, the amount of effort it takes to put on races continually, continually, yeah. continually like that. And if, if it's going to have like, you know, I'm an endurance racer. I do mm-hmm. like two hour races, you know, 24 hour races for fun. But from a gaming side, there's not going to be that many people that want to do that sort of thing. So yeah, maybe okay. they need to make them less frequent, but have like you yeah, have a weekly race or something, so that guys like yourself that want that have something to look forward to. But it's not manufacturers, but it's not nations, it's not counting. It's just a daily race. It's just a daily yeah. race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's a good idea. That's mm. uh, like even just to test the waters, just add one more race and it's slightly longer instead of a twenty minute race. It's a thirty-five forty because I think people. I think people will do it. They've got good reasons to add more races too. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've they've got good reasons to add more races because they're going to have a big increase in their player base now. Mm. They're going to have so many more. A a lot of these new players will spend a lot of time in the campaign and no time in the online mode, but Mm. they're going to get more players than they already have, and they already have plenty in a five-year-old game. So, you know, the online is going to have a very large population of drivers, there's plenty of opportunity for them to add a race or increase yeah, a race. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. But oh, yeah, awesome. those are my, those are my big takeaways is I, th- I think it's probably echoed by you too. The sport mode is going to be really cr- kind of crucial to see how the sport mode goes, because as it stands now, there's look at, it looks like there's a couple of reservations there, but like, I'm sure there's just going to be an adjustment period. We'll we'll get used to whatever they're giving us, and yeah. I think once we flesh out sort of how the game works and what you have to do, it'll be as equally as fun as it was in GT Sport. Yeah, yeah I'm well, looking forward to finding out. There'll definitely be that grace period where no championships, no online, yeah. no live events. Just play the game. Just play the game as intended. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy, and then six, eight, eight, 
I wouldn't even be angry if it was a full year because realistically, yeah. you know, down the line, you guys have played the game. Great. You've enjoyed it. That's awesome. All right. Now let's get into some competition. Now let's yeah. see who's the fastest. You know, that. And I mean, sort of going off that, like realistically, how long is the life cycle of GT7 going to be with the level of detail in the game? I think it could quite easily be a five-year life cycle. Oh, I, I think it should be five. I think it should be yeah. five. And don't forget the support they're going to add to it. The car yeah. list is going to expand. The track list is going to expand. It's going to get bigger and better. They could go a lot further than five years, I think. I don't think yeah. they will. I think they'll stick to five years at most because I think, the, opportunity I think to sell, the opportunity to sell a whole lot of copies of a game and make a, make a, a lot of money um is you know you don't want to let that get away from you if you can afford to do that every five years so yeah. i think grand well. Turismo 7 kaz has also definitely displayed his passion he's very passionate yeah. about this one so mm. i think yeah i think we're going to get a lot more support a lot better support and a lot yeah like i say just in general it's just going to last longer so yeah. and sophie will come too yeah, Sophie, oh, need, that's right. We haven't even talked about Sophie. We have to no. say another episode. <laughs> yeah. we'll, do a, we'll do an episode on Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right, well, yeah, that's that's my thoughts done. Do we have any lasting thoughts? Subscribe to Smock Screen. Hey, I can agree no, with that. Subscribe to the Trackside Lounge. True. I'm going to make that channel. Subscribe to the Trackside Lounge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we, that's we, where we, this we, is going to go, right? That's where this yeah, is Yeah, I think go. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. No worries. We need well, a catchphrase to sign us off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to be continued, possibly. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I'll let. I'll just edit this bit together at the end. Um, we'll come up with. All right. Well, that's gonna about. Let's try that again. Well, that's going to just about wrap up this episode of the Trackside Lounge today. I thank you, every single person, for making it this far to the end here. It's been talking here for two hours, so anyone that's lasted till the end, very big pat on the back and well done, and a massive thank you to you. We'll see where this goes in the future. I think I think this can potentially be uh, a good good addition to the, to this little oceanic sim racing community we've got going on here, especially with GT7 and you know a lot of topics we can cover. But as for this one, I think it's just going to be looking forward to GT7 tomorrow. But those are our thoughts about it. So I'd like to extend a very big thank you to Nismo. Round of applause for Nismo. Yeah. And uh, a big thank you to Atom as well. Round of applause to Atom. And, of course, myself. I'll give myself a round of applause, I guess, too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But that's going to wrap up this video or podcast today. That is going to be it from us. So do hit the like button if you enjoyed, and do subscribe if you'd like to see more podcasts from us, including guests. Do leave a comment as well. Questions, comments, and constructive criticism, as always, very much appreciated. But that's at the end of this one today, and that means that is it from us. So once again, I do thank you very much for watching. See you later. There we go.